Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes Podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen. That is Mr. Tyler Guthrie. Take two. How are we doing tonight? I was better during take one. Fair enough. You hadn't been to work yet at that point. No, yeah, this I am is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the second time we've recorded this because Hillbilly Internet struck earlier today and it recorded all of Tyler's side, but it only had like five minutes of my side, so... That wasn't really going to work. I don't think anybody wanted to hear a one-sided Tyler podcast. No, but just to be clear, it was not my problem. That was a Garth problem. Oh, it's always your problem. It always comes back to you somehow. Somehow, apparently, I, yeah. I guess. No, it this is an ongoing, recurring issue with my internet out here in the sticks. Uh, the regulars, uh, we have an inside joke. We call it Hillbilly Internet, so... Um, it is what it is. Can't do it. Doc. It, no, it, that's not. Anyway, so we had a lot of racing this weekend. Um, two ARCA races, ARCA West from All-American, the main ARCA series from Salem, and then Cup and Trucks were in Talladega. Doc, that is not a toy. going to be good? What kind of question is that? You know the answer to that question. I do know the answer to that question. Doc. Doc, can you quit being an asshole for like two seconds? I don't think it's possible. Doc, Apparently try not. not to be an asshole challenge. Impossible. Evidently. So, lots of stuff happening this weekend. we got a lot to talk about tonight. We'll start off with ARCA real quick here. Jesse Love locks up the ARCA championship basically two races early. Uh, all he had to do was start the car at Salem, and he was the 2023 ARCA champion. So, congrats to Jesse on that. Uh, good to see I mean, he was the dominant driver this year. There was nobody close to him in that regard. And in fact, it was the same story for Salem. Led all 200 laps at Salem on his way to the win. Not to discredit Jesse Love at all this season. He's been completely dominant, but holy crap, that is really lame. <laughs> it is, absolutely. Um, from a fan perspective, there was not much to get excited about this year with ARCA. I think the only person excited every week for ARCA was Jesse Love. And Charlie Crawl. Well, and Charlie. Charlie's yeah. always excited. That's right. Charlie is the one consistent with ARCA. You always know he's going to be excited for an ARCA race. We love you, Charlie. Um, I will say, though, Will Kimmel was very strong on Saturday night. Gave Jesse a really good run. William Swalich was also up there as well, and then Swalich got a flat tire and uh, ended his n chances of a good night early on. But Will Kimmel was right there with Jesse as well, and I think if he had not had mechanical issues in the middle of the race, would really have challenged Jesse late in the race and maybe could have possibly stolen that win from Jesse. And what a story that would have been for the name Kimmel to be back in victory lane. Nice to see Will being competitive, and hopefully we see more of that in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, Arca. <laughs> Tyler's like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Can we move on to something I do know what you're talking about? Barely. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, also, the West Series was in All-American. Caden Honeycutt picks up his first win in the West Series over Sean Hingarani. Um, good to see Caden Honeycutt pick up a win. Good kid. First race in that 17 car. Surprisingly, uh, are you kidding? Apparently Doc wanted some Kit Kats. 
Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's got cat in the name. Oh, I got a bag got a bag of Kit Kats up there. I picked up some some Halloween candy for myself. And he just decided to knock it off. Well, like, he's a okay. cat, so he is. That is that is true. That is he, what cats uh, do. That is what cats do. If, if the world was flat, cats would have shoved everything off the side of it by now. <laughs> I'd heard that before. That's good. Flat Earth disproved? It pretty much. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I've i never heard a theory that stood up as much as if the world was actually flat, cats would have shoved everything off of it. By that now. actually makes the most sense to me. Like, I'm obviously not a flat earther because I have more than two working brain cells. I but, don't know about that. Well, fair enough. Okay, maybe just two. But <laughs> two is enough to be able to disprove that Choose enough for them to both argue with each other inside yeah. your head. So. <laughs> right. Um, but if I did believe in Flat Earth, that would be what would convince me that Flat Earth is not a thing. I can't tell if that's impressive or sad. Probably a little of both. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have had a lot of big cats before, so it's completely reasonable that they could have shoved everything off the side. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, apparently the pharaohs and important people back in Egyptian days looked like cats, so it's possible the aliens are like a cat-like species, and the cats were actually supposed to be the dominant series on this planet, or dominant species, and we somehow beat them out. This just in, domestic house cats are just like descendants of gods, and that's why they judge the out of you all the time. I mean, it's possible maybe the cats are actually the ones in control, and we just think they're these cute little furry things that are kind of assholes sometimes, but they're really, they're the ones that are actually pulling the strings and are actually in charge. And this is what everybody came to listen to this week. <laughs> That's right. God. I can't even uh, imagine what the title of this one's going to be now. Cats are gods. You might get a couple clicks with that. <laughs> anyway, yes. Good win for Caden Honeycutt, an All-American. Uh, first race in the 17 car. Interesting move to put him in that car when Landon Lewis had been in that car and was only one point off the championship lead behind Sean Hingarani. So, weird choice to fire Landon Lewis, or maybe it wasn't a firing. I'm not really sure, but seems like a very weird time with Four races remaining, you get rid of your driver that's only a point off the championship lead. Yeah, I, I just think it's weird because I feel like we've been fairly impressed with Landon Lewis this year. He's really been the only guy that can consistently hold a candle to Hingarani. And, uh, yeah, I don't really understand it. Especially, I mean, like you said, he's a point out from the championship. I don't know if this is like an internal thing, like something's happening behind the walls we can't see or what. But yeah, definitely weird. I've heard he might be with the CR7 team uh, going forward. So that might be part of it. It may have been a he chose to leave the team to focus more on CR7 going forward. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but... I still feel like you'd want to go for the championship if you're that close, but maybe that just goes to show how small the purse is in ARCA for championships if the guy's only a point out and wants to just throw it away and wait about next year. 
Right. I mean, the thing is, he's proven that he's got the talent, not just this season, but every time he's stepped in an ARCA car, he has proven that he's got the talent. He's got a couple of wins with different teams at this point. So anybody that's paying attention knows that the kid's got talent. So it's not like he necessarily needs that championship. It would be nice to have on your resume, but I think at the same time, if you're if you're Landon Lewis and you've got the opportunity to move forward with a fairly competitive team, I think you probably take it because that probably means more than an ARCA West championship at this point. Yeah, because is the team he's with next year, is that going to be for main ARCA or just West again? I don't think it would be for West unless they expand because CR7 is Trucks and ARCA. So my guess is... Probably main ARCA. Yeah, and I don't know this at all. I have not heard details other than he is possibly linked to CR7. So my speculation would be possibly full-time ARCA with maybe the opportunity for some truck starts. Yeah. So maybe that's what he's seeing here is this is an opportunity for advancement, and maybe that starts by the end of this season. So maybe that's why he had to get out of that 17 car, because that was going to be conflicting. Yeah, and I mean, if you're Landon Lewis, I don't know what his current situation is, but if you have the opportunity to go to a team that has a capability of running in a higher series, might as well. Yeah, and and that's the thing. In that 17 car he was in, that is strictly an ARCA West team. I think they have shown up a little bit for East and Maine, but they are more or less a West team. So they're really internally in that team was not really any room for advancement. Yeah, there's nowhere for him to go there. And I guess now he's got the opportunity to run a truck a couple times. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. I, I definitely think he's one to look out for as he progresses through the series rankings. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to Talladega from this weekend. Talladega, as usual, produced some pretty good racing. Albeit, I'm not 100% sure the truck race was that memorable. Like, Brett Moffitt wins. Christian Eckes, uh, unfortunately, screws himself out of a bunch of points on the last lap. But Choked outside again. Of that, yeah. Outside of that, I'm not sure I remember much about that race. Um, a lot of the playoff contenders uh, had issues and got caught up in wrecks in this race. Leaving this race, let's take a look at the the points leaving this race for the Truck Series as we now have one race remaining in the round of eight at Homestead in three weeks. Yes, three more races. Cause it, yeah. No, because it'll be this weekend's the Roval, then Vegas, and then it's Homestead. So three weeks from now, I guess technically if you're going by actual days, two and a half weeks, Homestead on October 21st. One race remaining in this round. Corey Heim, of course, is locked into the next round. Brett Moffat, not a full-time driver, not in the playoffs, did not advance. So no one else is locked into the round of eight after Talladega. That leaves Homestead to decide the remaining three spots in the championship four. Carson Hosevar is currently P2, 23 points above the cut line. Christian Eckes now sits third, nine points above the cut line. And that's why I say he had a major bonehead move on the last lap. He was leading, threw a big block to the outside line in front of Brett Moffat. Moffat sweeps down under him and throws him to the outside lane. He drops back like a rock, lost like 19 points. He was like plus 35 
before that move. Ended up as the last car in the lead lap, and he's only plus nine above the cut line now. Nick Sanchez, the last driver currently in the championship four, he is three points to the good over Grant Enfinger. Ben Rhodes, currently P6, he's five points out. Ty Majeski, 19 points out in seventh. He pretty much needs a win. Zane Smith absolutely needs a win in eighth. He is 36 points below the cut line. Any, which one of those names sticks out the most to you, Tyler? I would say Eckes in third because I really thought he would have won a race and punched his ticket into the top four. Um, and he almost did at Texas, not Texas. Yeah, he, was it? Well, no, it wasn't Texas. What was the last race? Talladega, uh, Bristol. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying he almost Talladega. Yeah, he almost did at Talladega too. Um, I don't know. This is the weird thing about the playoffs to me, because once you get down to the round of eight and the round of four, it's like there's names that you see in there. It's like, oh, obviously they should be there. But then there's a couple others. It's like, where did you come from kind of deal? And it's always the round of eight. I definitely understand. Like you got all the top drivers in there and there's a couple borderline, but you know, whatever the round of four is just weird. I, I don't, I don't know if I'm surprised anymore by who gets in there. It's just kind of, you have three good races in a row and woo, you get to run fifth while everybody else goes for the championship. <laughs> well, and we've talked about this before. That's kind of how this format is set up. And that's why I really don't like this format because Really, all you got to do is win a race or two in the regular season, and you're in the playoffs. Outside of that, you could have the most mediocre season ever until the round of eight. You really don't have to turn it on until the round of eight. Real, Realistically, you really yeah. don't have to do that much until then. And then all you got to do is basically run top five consistently and or win a race in that round, and all of a sudden you're in the championship four, and then it's game on at Phoenix. But you really only have about five to six races a year where you really have to have it your a game on and that doesn't feel like a champion to me but no. that's the that's the format that we have now, especially in the cup series when we got 36 races and it feels like 20 something of them everybody's just kind of there to get to the last 10 right now i tell you the name that sticks out the most to me there is zane smith because we're talking defending champion of this series. Zane was lights out last year. And it, it feels like, especially later as we've gone into the season, he's not really been there. Like he's been good, yeah. but he's not really been contending for wins consistently. And I almost Which is a want, big drop off compared to what we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Mr. I'm gonna pick Zane Smith every week. Hey, it worked at the beginning. It did. Um I'm almost wondering if his cup deal with Trackhouse has not I has not distracted him a little bit and and I and I don't say distracted as in like it's pulling his attention away and well I do kind of say that but what I mean by that is I'm having a hard time getting this out what I mean by that is he's focused on cup now that's his priority. He knows he's going to the Cup Series next year. He knows he's going to be in that track house slash fire car next year. It doesn't matter what he does for the rest of this year. If he wins the championship, great. That's padding on his resume. 
but it doesn't matter now because he is a cup driver now. He just has to get through the rest of the season and then he's a cup driver. So I almost wonder if now that he is officially going to be a cup driver, if he just doesn't care anymore or he's just not putting in as much effort as he did before he got that cup ride. Well, and even then, I mean, he already knows he's going to cup. So really, unless he can go for the win in a race now or definitely seal the championship, what does he have to prove? He's it's already proven to somebody that he's worthy of a cup ride. So if you don't have a shot at the win, I would assume that a lot of the racecraft just goes out the window because earlier in the year, trying to get points, trying to get wins, stage wins, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter anymore. So if you're not in a spot to win, who cares? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just I don't see him making the championship four at this point because, again, he has to go out and win this race. I mean, hypothetically, he might be able to get in if he goes out and maxes out his stage points. And one of those guys like Sanchez or Eckes has a really bad day. But it's very unlikely. At the same time, Sanchez and Eckes have been kind of getting the heat on recently. Sanchez has been up at the front continuously. Eckes easily could have won the last two races. So, yeah. (laughs) You say Sanchez has been getting the heat on. He got the heat on in a different way post-race at Talladega. Let's talk about that. And that actually, that works out well that we're doing this Tuesday night now instead of how we did it Tuesday morning before because now we've we now know penalties news. for this. And these are some wild penalties to me. I, this is not what I expected, and I feel like NASCAR made a major mistake here. So context on this, if you didn't see what happened post-race at Talladega. First um, of all, where have you been? Yeah, right? So late in the race, Sanchez... Pulled a little bit of a bad move, let's be honest, and ends up turning Crafton in the trial, causes a big one late in the race. Sanchez comes on through. I don't remember where he finished, but he finished a lot better than Crafton did because Crafton was in the wreck. And clearly didn't finish terrible because he's still fourth in points. Fast forward to post-race. Nick is walking through the garage. His version of the story, I haven't heard from Matt Crafton. I don't know if Matt's version Crafton, of the story is out there. He, he, Posted a big Twitter thing. I'll kind of paraphrase it, I okay. guess. Yeah, go ahead and paraphrase it, because I haven't heard his side of the story. I guess Crafton was saying that, like, Sanchez's team and a couple other guys have been telling him all race that he was throwing bad blocks and doing, like, weird pack racing stuff. And I guess Crafton says that he went up to talk about it to Sanchez, and Sanchez started, like, making threats and accusations against him, so he just decked him is the explanation that he posted on Twitter. So That doesn't sound legit to me. For it one, didn't really sound legit to me either, but I guess the gist of it was Crafton said Sanchez threatened him, so he decked him. That feels to me like he's trying to save face, because that, that does not sound like Nick Sanchez. Um, that also that, doesn't really sound like Matt Crafton to me. So. No, it didn't sound like Matt Crafton to me either, but... From what I've heard, I'm not sure that we really know the real Matt Crafton. Um, That's fair. See, the thing is, as someone that has covered ARCA the last few years, I got to know Nick Sanchez pretty well. Nick Sanchez does not seem to me to be the type of guy, unprovoked, to be 
throwing a bunch of insults around, like the kind of insults that he was throwing around in the video after Crafton had hit him. I don't, he, he unprovoked. He does not strike. He, he is not the kind of guy that would do that. I, yeah, I just, I don't see that out of him. Nick is pretty well all around a good dude. I have never wonder if Crafton didn't say something and then Sanchez kind of jawed back and then Crafton just beat the crap out of his nose. (laughs) Well, see, so here's the thing. Sanchez's side of events was that all that happened was he felt a tap on his shoulder, turned around, and Crafton just straight up punched him. Like, there was no talking whatsoever before that is Sanchez's side of the story. Hmm. So, there's... There doesn't seem to be any proof of it, or at least not as far as I've seen. I've not seen any video of the actual fight itself. Just the video of where they're pulling Nick off and he's yelling all these threats at at Crafton. um, And Sanchez has blood just pouring down his face from pretty much everywhere possible. Um, Of course, I I would throw every insult in the book at somebody if they came up and waylaid the crap out of my nose, too. I mean, (laughs) and from the sound of it, Nick never actually got a punch in himself. It was all crafting on him. So, yeah. And and that's why. NASCAR's penalties that, that they put out today baffled me because. I tend to believe Nick's side of the story more than I do Matt's. Neither one of them is probably fully 100% true. Somewhere in the middle is probably what actually happened here. But I tend to believe Nick's side of the story is probably closer to the truth than what Matt put out in his, his little Twitter blurb. The penalties that NASCAR put out today. Number one, Matt Crafton has been fined $25,000. Number two, Nick Sanchez has been fined $5,000. No suspension for either one of them. And Nick's father has been, was it banned from the garage for the rest of the season? I didn't really read into it. I believe it was banned for the rest of the season. I'm going to go back and double check on that because I don't want to, I don't want to misinterpret that, but I'm 99% sure that is what it was. Let me, uh, I'm going to pull up Matt Crafton's Twitter real quick. Yeah, Matt says that he tapped Nick on the shoulder, and then, like, they had a conversation, and then Nick just started saying stuff, and then Matt just punched him. Which, this seems like a really lame excuse for just punching the shit out of somebody. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Um, and then Crafton goes into being like, well, he sucker punched me at 200 mile an hour on the track. I'm like, well, that's... Unfortunately, Matt, that's just how plate racing works now. I mean, with how aerodynamically like sensitive these cars and trucks are now, all it takes is just a little loose and tri-oval, and there goes three quarters of the field. Yeah. Okay, and yes, that is what it was. Nick's father, Rene Sanchez, has been suspended for the rest of the year for, quote, getting involved in the fight, which is another thing I don't understand. So he's just supposed to stand by and watch his son get the shit beat out of him? Like, Yeah, right? I, I don't understand that. Like, I sure, NASCAR's, NASCAR's viewpoint on this is 
anyone that's not a driver is not supposed to get involved in the fight outside of breaking it up. But, like, this is your son. Like, yeah, how I is mean, he not supposed to, like, get involved when he sees this happening? Especially, I mean, Matt Grafton's, like, twice Nick Sanchez's age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick... Well, yeah, he's twice his age and twice his size, too. Nick's, like, kind of a little scrawny dude. I mean, this is the same as, like, if a high school senior walks into a middle school or and, like, finds a seventh grader and just decks him. <laughs> right. Like, let's compare this here. Matt Crafton is... Hang on. Matt Crafton is 47 years old. Nick Sanchez, Sanchez what, on the 22? other hand... 22, I believe, yes. Uh, let me double check that. Yes, 22. So Matt Crafton is more than double the age of Nick Sanchez. And he's going around here beating up this. I mean, he's not a kid, but like compared to Matt Crafton, he's a kid. Yeah, I mean, that that's like, still you shouldn't be punching him. <laughs> right. Like so many. This is wrong on so many levels from Matt Crafton's end. And yes, he got a worse penalty, but. Personally, like I don't think it was enough of a penalty. Huh? <laughs> yeah, personally, I don't think it was enough of a penalty. And the fact that Nick got a penalty at all is astonishing to me. What I'm were sure... the penalties? Twenty-five grand and five grand. Yes, twenty-five grand to Kraft and five grand to Nick. I'm sure the reason for the penalty for Nick was the things that he was saying, the threats that he was making as he was being pulled away from Matt. But yeah, but. It's not like he said those things on TV. It's not his right. fault that someone happened to be filming that and put it on Twitter. That's not something that I feel should be a finable offense. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it. I don't know what Nick said to Crafton before he punched him. I mean, Crafton says that he, Sanchez threatened him, which what the hell is Nick going to do about it in the first place? I mean... Right. And it just doesn't make any sense to me when Nick's the one that wrecked Matt on track. So why would Nick, unprovoked, just start threatening Matt out of the blue? Well, Matt even admitted that he walked up to Sanchez and started talking Mm -hmm. to him first. Right, so I I don't understand how... Especially with the type of person that Nick is. I just don't see that happening. I don't see him seeing Matt, Matt not saying anything other than tapping him on the shoulder, and him just berating him with threats. Yeah. I, I, that's that's not Nick Sanchez. No, I, I, I agree with you. And, and regardless of what Sanchez said, at, at some point, if you're Matt Crafton, you're like 47 years old, why is your first instinct, regardless of what he said... Somebody says, oh, I'm going to kill you, and he just, like, punches him straight in the nose? Like, where's the escalation of anything there? That just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right. Now, go back. If if any of you haven't watched, um, I did a Your Next Favorite Driver episode with with Nick two years ago now, I think it was. Um, For those of you that aren't familiar, Your Next Favorite Driver is a show I've done in the past where we do like a long form interview to just get to know these drivers as they start coming into ARCA. Nick told me in that interview, his favorite TV show, and I'm not making fun of him for this. I'm literally saying this to show the type of person that he is. His favorite TV show 
is Vampire Diaries. Didn't have I, that on my bingo card. <laughs> I do not see someone whose favorite show is Vampire Diaries to be somebody that just goes around and their default is to start threatening someone and threatening to kill them or whatever else that Crafton says that Nick said to him. I don't, I just, I, that's not the default for someone that their favorite show is Vampire Diaries. No. <laughs> This is not at all where I thought that was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, there is, there, I, I guess my biggest problem with this now is NASCAR's penalties. Mm-hmm. What is $25,000 to Matt Crafton? Well, to be fair, the truck series drivers don't get paid anywhere near what cup drivers do. So oh, $25,000 might be a significant amount to Matt Crafton. Is it enough? No. but No. It, th- this should be a, suspension at the yeah, least. Absolutely. He should have been suspended for the rest of the season. I have no doubt in my mind about that. That is the penalty he should have received. Suspended for the final two races. At least. <laughs> yeah. At least, yeah. I just, I, I don't, I don't understand where this went from, well, he's driving like an idiot, to he wrecked me because he went, he tried to make it three wide and crafting came down, to I tapped him on the shoulder, he said fuck you, and then I punched him in the face. Like, what? Right. That went from... Basically zero to a hundred very quickly for yeah. no apparent reason. And the fact that I don't believe Crafton's story on how this started in the garage area makes me not believe any of what he said in his statement. Yeah. I don't the fact that I can't believe the beginning of it, I don't believe any of it. Mm. I find Nick's version of the story much more believable. So no, I I genuinely do not believe really anything that Crafton said about this. I think Sanchez's story is much closer to what actually happened, and that is why I still, to this moment, believe Crafton should have been suspended for the rest of the season. There is no call for what he did post-race at Talladega, especially to someone like Nick Sanchez, who, honestly, before I heard him threatening Crafton like that, I didn't think he could hurt a fly. <laughs> I still don't think Sanchez should have gotten anything at all. No, I, I, I genuinely believe he shouldn't have gotten anything. Dude got punched in the nose and had blood come from everywhere. He's going to say mm-hmm. some stuff. <laughs> right. He he shouldn't have gotten anything, and his father shouldn't have been suspended for the rest of the season. Like, yeah. that's the wildest part to me, is that they suspended his dad. The dude that got beat up gets... Yeah. Gets a fine, and his dad gets suspended for the rest of the season. What Twilight Zone world are we living in? Dude, what if, is NASCAR? If, if I had a 20-year-old kid and a almost 50-year-old punched him in the nose after a race and I didn't go after the guy, I'd get suspended just for not going after him. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not doing your job as a dad in that case. Uh, if you're right? there in that moment and your son starts getting the beat out of him and you don't do anything about it you're not a very good dad i guess bottom line to me like moral ethics wise if you're matt Crafton, you're almost 50 years old what are you doing punching a 22 year old in the nose right. grow like up this, right at this point if Crafton's doing like this 
I really just wish he would retire at the end of the season. Like, we don't need that in the Truck Series garage. Like, well, he's not even really been that relevant for the past, like, almost 10 years. No, I mean, he won the championship a couple of years ago, kind of on a fluke, didn't win a single race all season, and somehow backed his way into the championship in the playoff format, um, which Average was kind of wild in its moment. own sense. But outside Average of that... playoff no, moment. Yeah, right? But outside of that... He'll make the playoffs still, but, I mean, he got eliminated in the first round this year. Ten drivers came into the Truck Series playoffs. They eliminate two after the first round. He was one of those two. In a truck that's reliably winning races in other people's hands. In a truck that two of his teammates are still in the playoffs. Now, yeah. granted, they're both below the cut line right now, heading into Homestead, but they're still in the playoffs. And they won multiple both, races this year. Yeah, both of those teammates have one win apiece this season. Yeah, Matt Crafton. Yeah, right? Like, I used to like Matt Crafton. I really did, but I lost all respect for him after this. Like, this is just... Yeah. I, I just... I don't understand it. I really don't. I, I I don't yeah I I don't and, know and honestly, where that comes in. <laughs> I'm a I, I lost a little respect for NASCAR too in the way they did these penalties because every time NASCAR announces a penalty to do with driver conduct, I lose a little more respect for them. Right, like and it, it becomes more of a joke to everybody else. We're trying to expand the sport and reach out to new people, and then every time somebody gets in an argument, it turns into hillbilly hell again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand because if I'm a new fan looking to come into the sport and I, I look at this situation and A, I understand what happened here because I know a lot of new fans are going to look at this and not like fully understand what happened with this fight and this whole situation. And like but, not even understand why Crafton's mad in the first place. Yeah, Right. But if I'm a new fan and I come into this and I look at this and I, I do my diligence and see what happened here and understand this. And then I see how NASCAR handled this with penalties. I'm going to look at this and I'm going to go, this is a bass awkward sport. Why would I want anything to do with this? Why this doesn't make any sense. Why would I watch this when they're not even penalizing the right person? And when they do penalize the right person, they don't penalize them nearly as much as they should have. Yeah. This is like in the NFL. If, the cornerback just deletes a wide receiver before the ball gets there, and then an offensive lineman comes and shoves the corner, and then they eject the offensive lineman for retaliating. Like, they they like, eject what? the offensive lineman, and they no, they suspend the offensive lineman, and they eject the the wide receiver that got deleted before the ball even got to him. And then the corner, they're like, "Hey, don't do that again." Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely makes no sense, but I don't know. Either way, on to the Cup Series. Um, unless you had something else you wanted to talk about with the Truck Series before we move on to, to Cup. Uh, no, that that was about it. Okay. On to the Cup Series, the Yellowwood 500. Um, Yellowwood. That's right. Apparently, Ryan Blaney can only win at Talladega in the most dramatic fashion possible. Like... This is the biggest margin of victory he has had in any of his three Talladega wins, and it was 12 thousandths of a second. I have a theory. Okay. Yellowwood 500, it's because he drives a yellow car. 
But it's not yellow wood. It's yellow wood. Y-E-L-L-A-W-O-O-D. It, it's just the Talladega pronunciation of yellow. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't even know where Yellowwood is based out of it. it it's uh, it some it sort of big sounds, wood company. I know it that. It sounds very Southern. <laughs> it does sound very Southern, and it probably is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know I'm that much curious. about Yellowwood. I'm curious now. Yeah. Well, anyway, while Tyler looks up what the hell Yellowwood is, um, nice win for Blaney. Locks himself into... The round of eight, barely inching out over Kevin Harvick. That would have been cool to see Harvick pick up what might have been his last win of his career in very dramatic fashion. And I think had Riley Herbst not gotten turned in the trialable and he was able to stay on Harvick's bumper through the trialable to the line, I think they would have had the momentum and Harvick would have actually won this race, which would have been pretty wild. But it wouldn't have mattered because Harvick got disqualified after the race. Yeah, can you imagine if Harvick had won the race and then got disqualified? The funny thing is, it wouldn't have even been the first time. No. Oh, apparently, I mean, uh, Yellowwood started in the Ozarks in Alabama. So I believe yeah. it. Yep. Um, see, the that would have been the first time Harvick would have been DQ'd that they actually took the win away from him, though. Because when he got DQ'd, I think it was Texas 2017, um, that was before they were taking the win away. So he got DQ'd, but he kept that win. Yeah, yeah NASCAR. Ooh. Right. I think <laughs> I, that was back before they did same-day inspections at the track because they were taking cars back to the R&D Center and they didn't disqualify anybody until, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. So I think that hey, was their... This isn't even the first time we've had a problem with the SHR car and the windshields. Is that what it was? I didn't even see what they DQ'd him. Yeah, it was like the windshield fasteners or something were loose or one fell off or whatever. But didn't one of the SHR cars get disqualified a couple years ago for like the back windshield caving in yeah, or something? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was Harvick. Was that the 2017 one? It might have been. I was thinking it was Atlanta, but it might have been Texas 2017. I don't remember what race that was now. I don't know. But I, just, I do, it's I do just very weird. much remember that. No, 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 no. It wasn't Texas 2017 because I remember the window thing was NASCAR didn't catch it or didn't do anything about it until somebody took a picture of it and put it on Twitter and blasted it all over Twitter. <laughs> Average Twitter moment. Right. Twitter just so, being a cancer to society. <laughs> yeah. I So that makes me think I, it was Atlanta one year. I don't remember what year it was, but I think it was Atlanta. NASCAR hadn't done anything about it. And there was a very big, like, bow down in that back windshield that yeah. you can see in the picture. Um, but that somebody blasted all over Twitter, and that's when NASCAR finally did something about it. But, that's um, weird. yeah, I don't I don't remember what year that was. I'm thinking it was Atlanta, though. Uh, sound off Fix the, your windshields. The, yeah. Sound off in the chat or down below in the comments if you remember what race that was that that happened in, because um, I'm sure somebody will know and they'll they'll they're probably screaming it already in the chat right now. Um, would We're be just my guess. Two bumbling idiots. That, well, that this is true. Uh, are you just now that figuring though. that out? We've been two bumbling idiots since episode one. Before that, <laughs> yeah, right. That's just when we happened to start recording it. <laughs> Yeah, so okay. Harvick's like send off season just keeps getting weirder and 
less favorable. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I wonder if it's just a Rodney Childers thing. I wonder if Rodney Childers is like the new Chad Knauss, just trying to be as innovative as possible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Chad Knauss usually got away with it, so I guess he's got one up on Rodney Childers. He usually got away with it, but he got caught a lot, too. I mean, what year was that 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 uh, Jimmy won the Daytona 500 with Darian Grubb because Knauss had been suspended like four races? I don't know. I think it was like 2010? 2009, 2008, somewhere in there? Dude, I was like between seven and nine years old in there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you can remember it. I was lucky if I knew who Jimmy Johnson was at that point, let yeah. alone Darian Grubb. Doc is really trying to just block the camera with his tail right now. <laughs> um, um, I guess another point I want to make is uh, Ross Chastain, I guess finally made another news headline and it was by doing a boneheaded shenanigans move for stage points, which I get it, but instead he just ping-ponged off half the field and put himself in the wall and basically ruined his chance of getting in the next round. He chastained himself. He did chastain himself. Like, that's an actual term now. Is it really? It has been a term for a while, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's I, also just called being an idiot, but... Yeah. I got reminded of it because, I don't know why, for some reason I was looking through my Facebook feed the uh, earlier today, and somebody had posted that on my on my Facebook a while ago, the, the term chastained. I forgot about that. That was a weird moment in NASCAR history that we lost because Rick Hendrick said, shut the f*** up. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, Hendrick Which, kind of ruined that. He well, it, it's funny though. Like it is the the fact that Rick Hendrick just said, "Hey, stop!" and now he's like the most boring race car driver in the world. Yeah, like literally the moment that happened, and he has not done jack the rest of the season. Well, until this weekend, but yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's coming back out of it, and he's he's finally decided he's not gonna be Mister Nice Guy anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Watch him go out and win the Roval now. Um, speaking of people who are not having a good weekend, uh, Kyle Busch. I had higher expectations for this season than what it's turning out to be at the end of it. Bro, he's uh, got like four wins. Yeah, but none of those are coming when Three it matters. Wins. He's in an RCR car. What do you expect? No, that's not a championship winning car even with kyle bush in it he's kind of hit yeah. its limit at this point with what that current rcr car is he's kind of hit its limit i kind of expected him to make it in the round eight though i mean i wouldn't have been surprised but i also kind of figured this was as far as he was gonna make it um it just felt like early in the season he was just kind of out there to prove that he wasn't washed up. Like the last couple of years in the 18, he's not done a lot. So he kind of stepped it into overdrive at the beginning of the season, almost won the Daytona 500. He won at California. He won a couple other races and he was just kind of given 110% to start the season to show he could still win even in an RCR car. And then he just kind of tailed off and went down to normal. And he's just kind of doing what that car really should be doing now. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of one of those, 
storylines. It was big at the beginning of the year, and now it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> why the hell is Talladega 500 miles still? History? That's That's the best answer I got for you. I think that's the only reason. Well, unless I'm just watching the 1970-whatever race in the middle 300 miles of the current race, I'm not very entertained. No, I agree. Um, and especially with this car, because this car just does not do super speedways well. I thought this was one of the better super speedway races this car has done, but it still wasn't great until the very end. The, um, the last, like, 10 or 15 laps were pretty good. But, I was actually very surprised that they didn't wreck and go to overtime. Like, they, they actually yeah. kept everybody in a straight line until the tri-oval coming to the checkered flag. I was very surprised by that. I was waiting mm-hmm. for a big one to go into overtime. I just noticed they didn't go into overtime. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was super surprised by that. I was sitting there waiting Look at the whole that. time. It- we had a good race finish without an overtime restart. That might be the first one this season. In all Imagine. three series. It's just like it's inevitable. It's like a NASCAR heat scripted wreck in every single race. That That's like an actual thing. And then your favorite driver is automatically going to lose like 19 spots in mm-hmm. the last pit stop. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Are you saying it's an actual thing in the video game? And in real life. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, yes, it 100% is an actual thing in the in the Heat video game. But yeah. Be a Hendrick it's, fan long enough, and you know, as soon as a caution comes out and everybody comes down pit road, you're like, well, time to turn the race off. <laughs> Unless it's William Byron, because he can only win on late race restarts, apparently. Yeah, and then make it boring some, I don't... Yeah. Maybe I'm just biased because I like William Byron, but... I don't, I don't I don't think people are saying that he makes the race boring. They're saying that he is a boring winner because he's won so much. Everybody always says that no matter who it is winning a lot. They're always a boring yeah. winner if they're winning a lot. I don't, I don't think you should take offense as a Byron fan. In fact, you should take that as a badge of honor. Because if people are saying your driver is a boring winner, that means they're winning a lot. Yeah, I'm honestly just happy that Byron's gotten to the point where he's regularly winning cup races because... Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a cool story. Kid just had a computer and a steering wheel in his room in his house and then, you know, turned it into a pretty successful cup career, and I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, bro's got six wins this year. That's double what anybody else has. Yeah. Nobody else has more than three wins. Bro's got six wins this year. I'd rather be boring and good than just mediocre. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know where I, I was going I, with that sentence, but <laughs> you get just the dabbing point. on the haters. Yeah, I something like that. <laughs> That's all you're doing. You're you just you're just telling the haters you don't care. You Byron's good, and you don't care what they think. I do like Byron, but holy hell, the giant hats are really annoying. <laughs> you should get one. No, you should get one and wear it to work. No, would that be a violation? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that would be illegal or not. I feel like I, so, I, I feel like that so. would break some rule for you. It also wouldn't make it through the door. So, <laughs> well, that's kind of what I'm wondering. It, even if it made know. it through the door, I feel like there's got to be some rule that would break. 
If there's not, I, I feel like so. that's an oversight. Because <laughs> there probably should be a rule that that would break. Oh no, G Core didn't fathom that somebody would wear a William Byron size hat into a locomotive. You should get uh, one to wear to work just to see what they try to get you on. I. <laughs> I mean, you're leaving there in two weeks anyway. I think I would get bullied to the point of suicide before you even got out the door. <laughs> Do it on your last day. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Speaking okay. of which, yes, Tyler is getting a new job, so hopefully we can be back to having these weekly soon at, if Tyler's schedule is better. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. It can't be any worse. Yeah. Um, Grass is either, always greener. <laughs> that's what they say. Um, but yeah, it... As far as I've got, I think that's about all I've got for the cup race. Let's take a quick gander at the, the playoff standings after this race to uh, look at what we've got headed into the Roval to the cut, the cut race this weekend. And we've got some guys that are definitely in a not very good position. Um, Blaney and Byron locked into the next round off of their wins at Texas and Talladega. Denny Hamlin is currently second. He is very much to the good. He is 50 points ahead of Tyler Reddick. So unless he has a very abysmal race and Reddick has a very good race, ain't no way Denny's fallen out at the Roval. But then everybody else is not so safe. Bell, Busher in... Okay, well, I guess that was third and fourth because you got to move Blaney up. Busher in fifth, um, 19 points up. Truex... 17 points to the good. Larson is 15 to the good. And Brad Keselowski, two points to the good. Bubba is currently nine points out, 10 out for Chastain. And Kyle Busch in a must-win situation. He is 26 points out in the 12th position. So, just like with trucks. Anybody you surprised by there, Tyler? Not really. Um, I kind of thought... One or both of the 2311 cars would be a little higher this year. Um, Bubba was, Bubba, fuck. Bubba's been running consistently in the top 10 most of the year, so I just kind of hope that would translate into the playoffs. Like, he's been there, but not quite there most of the year. Well, hell, he almost won at Texas. So yeah. That could have changed everything if he'd won at Texas. And then... Right. Um, was he really a factor at Talladega? I don't remember him being a huge factor, at least late. I think he, he led laps. Lap. Yeah. I mean, did the normal, like, Toyota on a super speedway thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but... No, I, and Tyler Reddick, like, I thought when he moved to 2311, he would just blow the doors off the entire field for every year he was there, and that just hasn't happened yet, and I don't know if that's... Him still settling into Toyota equipment, or just if that equipment's not quite as good as we thought, I don't know. Um, I'm surprised he's not higher. I am too. He's had a little bit of bad luck in this round, though, so I think that's part of it. Um, I think if he'd run where he should have been running the last couple of races, I think he'd definitely be higher. That being I said, I think he, only being two points out, has a much better shot, especially as good as he's been on road courses. He's got a much better shot of pointing his way into the next round, even if he doesn't win. Bubba, though, I feel like we can almost guarantee he doesn't make the next round without a miracle. As bad as he is at the Roval, as bad as he is at road courses in general, 
Would I like to see Bubba make the next round? Absolutely. I just don't see it happening. The Roval is basically his worst track. I cannot think of a worse track for Bubba than the Roval. And yeah. he's nine points out. I just, I don't see it happening without some sort of a miracle. He's been having a good year, but yeah, he's going to get caught out at one of his worst tracks at one of the worst times for him. And yep. I feel bad, but I guess that's what NASCAR is trying to go for is the well-rounded racer. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it needs to be said or talked about, but like the RFK cars have been so good this year that we're not even talking about the fact that both of them are currently into the round of eight. And yeah. Based on what that team did, not even two years ago. Well, hell, last year. Neither yeah. one of them made the playoffs last year. Right, but they were still, like, running up front on plate raises and stuff like that. But, like, you go back two, three years ago, they weren't even competing for top 15s most of the time. And now both of their cars are currently pointed into the round of eight. Brad like, has done a lot of good things with that team. Bravo to Brad. And they've been getting that team out there. They've been having a big social media presence. Their cars have been fast. It's starting to look like old Roush Fenway again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very nice to see. Uh, Brad is definitely in the hot seat right now. It is very possible he um, does not make the next round. He's in currently, but again, it's only by two points of a Reddick, so... He's got some work to do at the Roval. He absolutely can make the next round. He's a good road course racer, so um, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, but he's definitely got some work to do, and he's got to bring his A game to the Roval. Busher is much more secure. He has 19 points on Reddick, and Busher is very good at road courses, so uh, without a huge turn of bad luck in this race, I don't see Busher not making the next round. The buildsubmarines.com sponsor makes me laugh every time I see it. I don't know why. I laugh every time I see it because I'm pretty sure the first time they debuted that sponsor was like right after the Titan sub thing. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, so I laugh every time just thinking about that. I, I it's just funny. They go they cut to like somebody else's onboard and the beer bumpers just build submarines. Like Yeah. Who the hell was watching a NASCAR race and looking at that car and going, oh, hell yeah, that's what I've been looking for. You know what's funny is I haven't looked at buildsubmarines.com, but I wonder if they're not like a super affordable way to do it. And that's why they're sponsoring. Like, I wonder if you could like build an actual submarine with for like 200 bucks with them. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious if you could legit build a submarine for I'm... 200 bucks with them. I'm taken to the, uh, oh. Yes. Okay, this is actually kind of neat. Um, it's basically the U.S. Navy contracting out nuclear-powered subs. So it's not for the general population? No, this is exclusively nuclear-powered military submarines. Why They're, like, basically... It, they're trying to get people to work for him. Oh. It's like a job advertisement more than like a, you know, actually advertisement oh. thing, which is kind of cool. Now I'm not going to laugh anymore. I'm just going to think it's <laughs> badass. Right. I mean, you could still laugh and think it's badass. Just That's true. I mean, because I laugh just about the timing of the sponsorship, not because I think it's a weird sponsor. 
Um, so yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. It it's kind of cool though. I I it is cool. I agree. I just I wasn't expecting to you know open up their website and just be greeted with an Ohio class nuclear sub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just impressed that you know what an Ohio class nuclear sub is because I wouldn't. I wonder how many times we can say nuclear sub before the FBI flags this video. Five reasons submarines are critical to protecting our nation. Hmm. They're trying to grow their workforce by 100,000 people to meet their objective. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Go go build you some submarines. If you're looking for a job or if you're looking for a change of career, this is not sponsored, although it'd be cool if it was. Buildsubmarines.com. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, all zero people that we're going to get for their cause. Yeah, right? kind of cool uh their parts are made from a small business in louisiana and then they assemble them in connecticut and newport news virginia at a general dynamics plant and a huntington ingles hmm. i'm actually way more interested in this than they should be the title of this episode is going to be the buildsubmarines.com advertisement <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, unless you've got something, I think that's it for the cup race. We can move on to predictions. Now I'm just looking at the jobs that they have. Like, are are you thinking about changing careers now? No, it's just kind of cool. They've got like Northrop Grumman contractors, um, PPG, which is like the paint sponsor. It's on Penske stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, General Dynamics. Looking for welders. Aerospace engineering. I don't know why the hell you need an aerospace engineer on a sub. I feel like you have problems if you're in space or the air in a sub. Hey, you know, maybe that's the future of submarines. They can go underwater or in the air. Supposedly, there are UFOs that go to underwater bases so they can go underwater and above the water. Maybe that is what you'll be building. I, I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of a submarine. I mean, as long as it can go underwater, what's it matter what else it can do? At that point, it's just a thing. I mean, you gotta have a name for it. You can't just call it a thing. Sure it can. I I don't think that would be very... I think that would be counterintuitive. Doc agrees. Nobody would know what you were talking about if it was just called The Thing. You know, The Thing. Which thing? There's lots of things. The thing. I don't know. Okay, we're getting way off in the weeds now. <laughs> we need to go on to picks before this devolves any further. This is what happens when you make me redo a podcast at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Um, honestly, I feel like we've done better this time around than we did earlier today. So That's terrifying. I know, right? Um, ARCA season finale this weekend. We're not going to make predictions because we don't have an entry list yet. From Thank Toledo. God. No more ARCA this, this year. Ooh. Yeah, from from Toledo. Well, we still got West for three okay. more weeks. Um, no more important ARCA. <laughs> the Shore Lunch 200 presented by CGS Imaging at Toledo. Final race of the season. Probably still going to be a Jesse Love win, even though he's locked up the championship. Could be Sawalich, though. Who knows? Um, then we have Cup and Xfinity at the Roval. Doc, do you want to make picks, too? <laughs> As he tries to drag my headphones off my head. Um Roval this weekend for Cup and Xfinity. 
Xfinity will be, we haven't looked at that yet. We looked at the other two. Um, currently out, headed into this race. This is a cut race going into the round of eight. Parker Kligerman is out by one point below Daniel Hemrick. Josh Berry, minus 27, and Sam Mayer, minus 34. So basically everybody besides Parker Kligerman in a must-win situation. Sheldon Creed is not super safe either at plus nine. Um, so we could have some movement this weekend on the playoff grid before we head into the round of eight. Tyler, who you got? Well, first of all, I'm surprised that that many JRM cars are still out going into the round of eight. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Cole Custer, though. We know he's a good road course driver. He hasn't really been able to put one together yet this year, but I think this is going to be his chance to do it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, he's had a lot of good road course runs this year, didn't he? He won at Portland. Oh, he did? Yeah, and I feel like he won another one, too, but I don't remember which one. Uh, I feel um, like I forgot that he won Portland. I thought he, like, choked it or something. I don't know. He almost did, and then he came back and won it. Okay. Well, he's going to do it again. <laughs> oh, he's going to choke first and then come back and win it? Sure, why not? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Parker Kligerman. He only needs one point to get it in the next round, but I think he's going to go one step further and win the race. He's been super fast lately, almost won at Texas, almost has won a couple of times lately. I think he finally puts it all together, makes that statement, gets into the round of eight, and gets some good positive momentum heading into the round of eight. All right, on to the Cup Series. We've already talked about that playoff grid, so we're not going to talk about it again. Um, that will be on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Big NBC from the Roval. Tyler, who you got? I feel like this is just going to look weird now that I just stalked the build submarines website for like 20 minutes but <laughs> this was i already had this picked earlier so tyler is there something you need to tell us i i like subs anyway i'm going with uh chris busher he's been really good on road courses this year they've had a quiet round as far as i can tell so far but i think they're going to cap it off with a win and lock themselves in the round eight Fair enough. Good choice. Um, I'm going to go with Truex, though. I think he's finally getting his momentum back. He locks himself into the next round and heads on into the round of eight with some momentum. I think that's going to do it because Doc is uh, having some issues back here, and I need to go make sure he doesn't cause some problems. So that's been the Rookie Stripes for this week. Thank you for hanging out with us, Tyler. Thank you, as always. We'll see you hopefully next week. Same time, same place. I'm Garth. That's Tyler. This is the Rookie Stripes podcast on Racing News Now. <laughs>